Episode number 108. What hero's journey are you on? Pull that off. (laughs) All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. All right, let's do this thing. Hello. Here we are, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wonder, you know, I'm just looking at this cup of coffee and it's uh, the crema sort of gone all like, you know, kind of dispersed and funky. I wonder if there's any like coffee crema readers. You know, there, they read there must tea. be, yeah. No, I'm sure there's coffee ones as well. Because this is like a funky shape. I'm going to take a picture of it for everybody. I like it. I yeah. like it. I'm going to see if it can tell you a fortune. All right. So today we're talking about the hero's journey. Joseph Campbell, who is one of my um, heroes, I guess, of sort, literary in the whole sort of personal development space, uh, Joseph Campbell would be one of my heroes along with folks like Young. Um, so I've spent a lot of time with this hero's journey in a number of capacities. So I guess we should bring the... And we've talked about it on a podcast, I'm sure, in, the, in some episode long, long ago, which is to bring people up to speed on the hero's journey. So Joseph Campbell, um, professor essentially, but he um, was a mythologist and studied myths. And one of the things that he noticed in studying myths across all the different cultures in the world was that there was a commonality between them. They all had a creation story. They all had a, uh, a way of dealing with birth and death um, and, and that sort of thing. So he noticed that there was a commonality. And so he developed this idea of the monomyth. And the monomyth applies across different cultures, different times, and, and that. And what we were going to look at it from today is how does... And I think, and I have this, a companion to it, the Reflections on the Art of Living, uh, Joseph Campbell companion, because what we're going to be looking at is Did how Did he write that? Uh, this is a compilation of all his lectures. So there's oh, Diane Osborne. Okay. Right, right, She right. essentially recorded all his lessons. And these are the transcripts of him. So, and, and he is approaching that from this, in this one, and the Reflections of, is where you're at, as in we wanted to talk about how do you apply the concepts of the hero's journey to your individual journey. Because uh, again, I think when you look at these principles and mythology and archetypes, these are ways for us in how we deal with the everyday things of life, just like we do at the podcast. We're, we're kind of exploring what the different things mean in our lives and how do we relate to them and in and, and, and that sort of space. So hero's journey, monomyth, um, there's a number of stages to that and we can kind of talk broadly about those stages um yeah let's do that yeah let's talk broadly I'm glad, about it. I'm glad that you're a more of an expert than me because I'm reading this stuff and I'm like it's great but it's a lot more complicated than I expected I expected there to be like four stages and it's like oh no yeah, there's a lot there's like four stages and then like there's six a, stages which within, within each yeah. of those which is and one of the things that 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 I'll help people to come to grips with it is um, Volger. He did some work with Campbell and essentially when he was a script reader basically in Hollywood and noticed that stories and movies, especially the ones that really resonate with us, actually follows the hero's journey as well. So he wrote a book called The Writer's Journey, which then it's a way of, one, looking at movies in relationship to the hero's journey and following that quest through. Uh, and it's quite interesting when you think about the hero's journey and then you watch it play itself out on the screen as well because, again, you get to visualize what that actually looks like in yeah. a different scenario other than um, ancient mythology. Yeah, yeah. You use modern mythology. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, so where do we start? So the hero's journey generally starts with the departure Yes. which is the call to adventure. So one of the ways that you look at this and, and is this ordinary world. So whatever it is that you're doing, you're in your ordinary space, but then there's some, um, and if we're looking at this from a personal point of view in your own personal monomyth, there's a need to change. The ordinary ways, then there's something that's egging at you, something that's pulling at you, there's some imminent change that may be coming on the horizon. So what you get in that first bit is the call to adventure. That's sort of the first challenge. And what you'll find is there's two reactions to that. One, you can answer the call or you can refuse the call. Um, 
when you refuse the call, sometimes destiny is going to step in the way at some point in time. So sometimes you choose it and you actively do it. There's other times when you're kind of thrust into it because change is kind of thrusted upon you. Something happens and you're thrusted into it whether you want it to be on that journey or not. But that's the first one. But then there's people that refuse the call, Hmm. which I think is sort of quite an interesting thing because I think that's a a thing that happens to a lot of us. It happens all the time, yeah. And and you must have this as sort of a thing when people come to coaching because you have said to me before, sometimes people don't want to change. And so it's like you're quite clear at the beginning talking to them that actually... They're not Even ready to change. They're not ready to change. They're not ready to answer the call because mm. actually the call requires you to give up a lot of stuff, including safety. Well, it means you have to change. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, sometimes that can be like if you're only thinking, what am I going to gain? Mm. Then that's great. It doesn't feel scary. But if you think about what it, which what sometimes it can normally feel like is this overwhelming like worry about all the stuff you're going to have to give up if you do that thing you I know because the balance is that you have to consider both and I, and yeah. whenever I, you go on this journey at the end I think it's all you know always checking with people because you're right sometimes we just focus on what we're going to gain and we and some people focus on completely what they're going to lose but then sometimes the people that are fully into the game don't realize the consequences of the change and what the effect they haven't actually considered what the change would mean so like I'm kind of a impetuous kind of guy and I'll just jump into change without thinking but what's the knock on effect a classic example is I want to get promoted you know and and you put a lot of energy into getting promoted and you get promoted but what you hadn't considered how much more time is that going to take what's that going to have the effect on your family what are the things that you're going to give up yeah. That are going to change. I think that was very true for me with um, career choice as well. Mm. Because people don't actually, you know, when you're at uni and you're just studying a subject because you like it, yeah. or, or if you have a certain very narrow perspective on what that career path after looks like, you know, if you're only looking at a part of that picture. So, you know, for so long I trained as an academic and I thought that's what I wanted to do. I've always loved school. I've always loved studying. I've always been sort of, you know, books and head stuff. Yeah. But what that comes with is there are very few jobs. You have to go wherever in North America or, you know, the UK or wherever there's a job. And usually in your field, there's like three or four jobs a year. Mm. That's it. So it's like there's a lot that's also required of you to give up or to force your family to go with you. And there was tons of stuff that I was like, actually, I mean, that's just one of the things that's required. There's actually a ton of stuff that I was like, oh. Yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, I don't really want that. Exactly. So I went on on the whole journey and then I was like, hmm. But here's the trick. So this is the trick bit of it as well. So we ordinary world, you get the call to adventure, you have that first trial really is, are you going to answer the call or or refuse the call? No, you have to change, but am I ready to change? And this is a thing that reminds me of the whole conversation we had about leveling up. Mm. Because that's that feeling too, isn't it? Like that I've been feeling recently about some of the stuff I'm doing with yoga is like, you know, you're ready to take another step, do something more complicated, do something bigger, do something different. Maybe that means career change or whatever. Hmm. But, you know, it's like, are you going to answer that feeling or are you going to sit in your job because it's just, it is easier to just do. Exactly. And you just want to stay in the ordinary world. But something's going to maybe push you into that space. And once you then are... Either you've answered it or you pushed into doing it. Your next hurdle, where again people might fall down on, is the guardian at the gate, which you would have come across when you were reading the bottom. If that's the sort of the next, that's the almost the do you really want to go on this journey? Because then you have to def- yeah. de- defeat the guardians at the gate, which usually shows itself in, in our normal lives as fear, doubt, and disbelief. So um, I either fear because I don't know what the risk and I might die or this might change or I might lose this or it might be doubt I don't have the skills I don't have the ability nobody's going to take me serious those kind of things or it's disbelief I don't believe that I just because of the nature of who I am I don't believe I'm 
worthy of doing this thing. So yeah. you have those. You have to defeat the guardians at the gate before you can properly begin your road of trials, which would be the next stage in the sort of hero's And again, journey. like what I what I really liked about just diving a little bit deeper into just the first step of something mm. because you know as you as I'm reading through this whole process like you know going on the complete hero's journey the further you go in the almost the less familiar territory you're in because Absolutely. you know a lot of us haven't gone that far it's not a proper stuff. hero's journey if you're not in uncomfortable ground because yeah. once you cross the threshold you're in the unknown but there's a lot of there's a lot of familiarity that we all have with that call mm. and sometimes it's like that there's there's two more things that I'm sort of thinking about just personally one is that sometimes we're called and it's not our adventure do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you get like it's sort of like what we might think of as temptation rather than the call, but they can sort of feel like the same thing. Like when you get a bunch of opportunities, and part of your deal is that you have to learn to say no to things that aren't really where you want to go. See, I would say that you that know? is one of the trials. So okay. if you're on a, you're on your hero's journey, right? Then there's going to be these trials, these tests, these temptations, right? And those might be false paths. And those might be false paths. Right. Or that okay. thing looks more shiny over there, whereas actually right. you have this goal to do this thing. But and so the I test see. is: Are you going to stick with your goal? Are you going to stick with yeah. your journey, or are you going to mm-hmm. deviate and go chasing right. um, some other thing? I think the the other thing that it really reminded me of: I have this character in my book in my novel that's the father of the main um, protagonist mm. and he while the protagonist is the one that goes off on her hero's journey or heroine's journey whatever her father has refused the call to and, and sort of his whole process throughout the book is because he's a sort of side character but is like what happens to you when you refuse the call and I hadn't really put it in those terms mm. before but you know very similar to how you know, Joseph Campbell describes it in this, you know, here of a thousand faces. It's like, if you really genuinely refuse the call, then the rest of your life is like really just a disintegration and mm. like just a feeling of like sadness, dissatisfaction, depression, yeah. all this kind of stuff. So it's like the fear keeps you from doing the thing you really want to do. But if you don't do it, this it's is like eat you up that's inside. right that's right yeah. and for Petro who's my who's this character he really like is eaten up inside by his mm. like dying dreams um yeah so sort of because when I was writing that book it's sort of like you know I'm thinking of all the different you know sort of ways that we embark on our attempt to make meaning with our life which is basically like another way of saying different people's heroes journeys hmm. but yeah that's an option is like to not go on it to do the complete refusal yeah. you just mentioned and we hadn't talked about that in the beginning of the book so Joseph Campbell um, in this modern myth the book that he wrote that's a nice thick team was called The Hero of a Thousand Faces and he goes through each of the steps in depth so as you said there's like four major phases of five but each one of those have sub steps and, and then what he does in the, in the book is look at the various different ways that it shows up in different cultures. So you've yeah. got the creation of the world. How does the Christianity deal with that? How does it appear in you know Hindu, um, Native yeah. American? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he looks at each of these different stages and the different stories that people will have told around these various stages to help us as humans to be better humans and to you know, accomplish the things that we want to do, which is why I think it's a really good, useful tool um, in your own sort of personal quest, because it is like the sort of archetype stuff. How do I deal with this? And I think it's useful knowing kind of where you are on the hero's journey to think, that's, well, what's the kind of totally. forces that I need to, to summon up on I think here? that was the real thing that drove me to this this week in particular, because I've just had this big month of rethinking a lot of stuff and where I'm putting my energy and mm. you know I feel like it's sort of this constant because you reminded me of it last week because I know you've got yeah. your new book coming up and I think before we started and I asked a question and he was like ah oh, I haven't even thought about like how it would launch and yeah, market that's and right. all that sort of stuff so it just reminded because remind, I know what your bigger hero's journey is 
And as a person watching from the sidelines, yeah. I can see all the tests and trials that are deviating you from I know, that's right. actually reaching the place that you want to go. I must, I'll say at this point in time, at least I forget, is that the point of going on the hero's journey is you're going out and, you're, and the hero is in search of the elixir. The thing that he's going to go and he's going to win this prize, he brings the prize back to the ordinary world. So the journey isn't about going off to some far off land and staying there. It's about going off, getting the thing that you need, this elixir, and bringing it back to the ordinary world. Because the journey is one thing, and if you survive the journey and make it back, then that's it, you're surviving. But it's what you do when you come back to the ordinary world. And I know we mentioned about how this is an iterative process. You're always, and sometimes there are multiple heroes' journeys. Um, but the whole point of the journey is to go find that thing, the prize, the elixir, bring it back into the ordinary world, and how do you apply it? Yeah. yeah. So that thing about... Uh, so so there, was, there was two things there. One is, it's been really helpful for me to reflect on the stages of the hero's journey hmm. because it's been a really confusing month for me in terms of, like, where am I at? And, and sort of gauging what you should be expecting. So like, okay, I've got, you know, the, these novels that I'm writing and like sort of my life as a, an author. And, you know, anything that you're doing, it's like there's so much of the path that you don't really feel like you know what you're doing. And it's important just like, you know, in this mythology to have mentors and people that can like not only guide you or give you like tips along the way, but also help you manage your expectations Mm. for what you're doing and where you are in the journey. And I think to be able to sort of understand what the full journey looks like can really help. Well, it's been helping me manage my expectations about what, where am I? Mm. Because sometimes it can feel like, I've been working at this thing for so long. I must be like, you know, almost there. And actually, when you look at this sort of mythology and, and all the breakdown, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm still at like the you know initial stages because you know as he puts into this like beginning stage, like once you pass the threshold, you're in this initiation process. But in the initiation part of the journey, there's a lot of wins that might look and make you feel like you're way further ahead than you are. Mm. And then when you aren't winning, you're like, what the hell, Mm. you know? So I think that was the thing for me that's really like giving me a sense of what this journey looks like. I can more accurately go, oh right, I'm still back here. And those wins were this, and now I'm here. And I've still got loads of time to go. So I'm not losing. I'm just in this bit of the trials. Mm. You know what I mean? And then yeah. suddenly, and then you can totally get back on board with it. And, but and it also gives you, like, because again, so if, if you think about, so where we're at now in terms of the story, we've crossed the threshold. So we're at the threshold. So we heard the call to adventure. We answered it. We've gone to the guardians of the gate, defeated fear, doubt, this believe and now you're on this initiation piece what you're talking about so we're on the road of trials and during this road of trials there'll be tests there'll be challenges um and there'll be trials and essentially along that pathway it's easy so anywhere along on the hero's journey you can lose just think of any so that i mean you could die whatever things blow up whatever um, so the, yeah, there's yeah. no guarantee that, that hasn't happened to me yet. There's no guarantee that you're going to get to your end, but th- that's why that's it's a test, it's a trial, it's a challenge, and you have to summon up the forces that you need to help you get past that next challenge, that next trial, um, and that next thing. Just to put this in perspective, if you're a big film buff, if you watch any movie, and I'll just say, just look at Star Wars or Empire Strikes Back or any movie actually, because these days a lot of screenwriters use the hero's journey as a as a baseline guide for their script writing. Watch a movie, and it generally starts off, you meet the hero or the heroine in their ordinary world, in an office space, sitting at their desk, doing their ordinary thing, and then something's going to happen. And that's usually, that's that call to adventure. Something happens that's almost a harbinger to their ordinary world is about to change. 
and there'll be movies where like let's take Star Wars for instance you know Ben Kenobi comes to Luke and he's saying about going off to you know fight the Empire and then Luke refuses the call by saying well actually I got to do the farming and Uncle Ben and there's all these reasons why he had to stay at the farm so he refused the call the first time because he didn't think it was it wasn't his time he had these other things to do but of course as the movie happens and the farm gets blown up now he has no choice but to answer the call because it was forced upon him and then he starts his trials I think yeah that's the sort of moment where it's almost like there's bad like what feels like a tragedy but it Mm. actually forces you into your hero's journey which is a much better path than like refusing the call because we see what happens Mm. to the people that really refuse the the call their whole life don't Don't refuse yeah don't refuse just answer it man you don't want to have to get pushed into it yeah yeah so um and the important part on the trial bit uh, and another stage in here is where you get the where you meet your mentor or supernatural aid but we'll call it mentor in this stage so if you think about Star Wars and you had Ben Kenobi come, so he's the mentor. Look at the Matrix, you've got uh, Morpheus. So you have this mentor, you've got teachers. Um, you're likely to have companions, friends on the journey as well. And they may be going through their own minor hero's journey, but they're support to you in your, your bigger journey. Okay, so if you look back at your past, mm. Have you like where has a mentor appeared for you in a hero in like one iteration of the hero's journey? Yeah, see, I'm I'm a because I spend a lot of time in books. My mentors tend to be either well, tend to be books. I'm trying to think of a live mentor. There's a few actually. I'm thinking of a guy, uh, and oddly enough his name was Joseph <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and again when I was making my transition from military to civilian right and then this guy he had been in the Navy forever for, in a day and then he retired and he worked for Merrill Lynch but for whatever reason he took into that space to as, as my mentor and helped me to make my sort of transition to that kind of new that new space um I'm trying to think other mentors that I may have what, had along the way. Yeah, I think it's one of those things actually where this stuff does actually play out mm. in our lives. You know, it's not just in the stories in the movies. You know, it looks a little bit different because the the mentor is really obvious in the movies. You know, whereas in our lives we have to be a little bit like you know mindful about recognizing yeah. when a mentor is presenting a mentor, themselves to or if you, you look and at them as a teacher you can look at you know yeah. so someone that someone that has some knowledge that you are seeking along your 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 trial now that you're on the road of trials um, the mentor has walked that road before know some of the pitfalls and is kind of there to help you to learn the things that you're going to need to know in order to when you face your big trial <laughs> uh, that you're well equipped and that manifests itself as that belly of the whale piece which okay, we're coming so to you've yeah. got yeah so you've got your trials hmm. you've got yeah okay yeah so we're in that you cross the threshold you're on the trials um and then you've get this pace where they call this sort of belly of the whale so your mentor has been helping you and if you notice the belly of the whale one and that what that mytho- mythology piece is is there's going to come a time where you've learned lots of stuff you've gotten lots of aid you have all the skills you got all these things at some point you actually have to face the last of the things that are holding you back alone and mm-hmm. if you see these in the movies how they play themselves out usually you'll find the, the main character is suddenly all the people that were helping them are either in their own peril or they're gone or and this you know they have to they're by themselves and it's usually the kind of a down part of the movie where it's like what's what's going on here um, Star Wars is a good one if you think back to Empire Strikes Back um, and they did it like literally but I said belly of the well but it's also going to the innermost cave is the other one um, where Yoda and Luke has to go into the cave. And face and then, Vader, yeah. Yeah, and well, um, he didn't know he was going to face Vader. And Yoda said, because he asked him the question, what is in there? And he said, only what you take with you. 
And so when you go into the belly of the whale, if you go or go into the cave, it's where you're going to face your inner fears, basically. But there's yeah. no one now to help you. Yeah. Your mentor hopefully has gotten you prepared to be able to deal with your yeah. biggest sort of fear that's holding you back. And I think you said this to me last week about, you know, I've got all this stuff going on with the novel. So, hmm. you know, thinking about how to get it out in the world, how to let people know about it, how to, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, at some point, you are saying, you've got to stop listening to other people's advice and find your own way. Because your own, and, you know, the more I'm sort of looking at, you know, I mean, this is just like, you know, own experience, this individual situation, but with the novel, you know, everybody's writing their own kind of stories mm. and finding their own kind of readers. So certain marketing strategies or certain sort of promotional things or getting it out there to people are going to work better for certain kinds of stories than others. And what you were sort of saying to me and what this sort of stage says to me is like, okay, you've learned a lot about stuff, which is sort of an important part of the process. Like you do have to at some stage, like go out there and be like, I have no ideas. Like, I'm total new at this. Tell me what you know. Everybody tell me what you know. But at mm. some point, you've got to take responsibility for finding your own path. And I think that's sort of, you're very right. That's very much where I am. And I think for me, like, ex like the actual experience of that is like, there is a sort of confidence that you have to hold in yourself that there is, there is a way that you can find that feels good and right for you, whether you're introverted, extroverted, wh whatever it is you are particularly yeah. trying to accomplish, like what kinds of people you want to work with, or, you know, you think about parenting, like what kids you have and what kind of parent you can be and how to like bring that together and stuff. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of parenting advice books, but at some point you've just got to... So you, you've got to have confidence and I think there's so many things in that stage that can that are trying to poke at your confidence because everybody else has got their own idea about the way to do things mm. and whether again whether that's like parenting whether that's work whether that's you know whatever part of life you're talking about there are always going to be people that are making judgments about the way that you're doing it aren't they mm. and, and part of the it seems to me like in my own life right now, part of being and going into that belly of the whale is like you are going alone and like you have to be, you have to recognize that, I think. Because like in the movies, it's really obvious you're by yourself because there's this like mythic structure. Well, all the people are gone. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's but in no, your life, all the fact, people aren't gone. The, the They're thing all. With the belly of the whale is from uh, um, Jonah in the yeah, Bible. That's right. yeah, yeah, he's yeah, literally yeah. in the belly of the whale. Yeah, that's right. For three days, he had yeah. to hang out there by himself. <laughs> so, so all of these stories, like that's the the situation that you're in is obvious. But I think this is again going back to why. Well, you it's, know what? I would say. A, in an obvious sense, but one and one way that obviously to say, but of course always we can get tied up in our thing. So and I and I run across people like this a lot of times. If you find yourself, you have a goal, whatever that goal is. So now you're on, you've answered the call, you're doing it, you're out, and you're going through your trials, and you're headed toward a thing that you want to do. I run across people who are perpetually going on another course, read another book. They're always, you know just shy of saying I'm going to do something I'm going to actually go for the elixir yeah. oh, I need to take this course now and, and so they will stay um, basically where they are they're kind of stuck in that space of I don't want to go into the cave you know so Luke yeah. didn't want to go into the cave the first time he saw it and he got that cold chill and the second time he had to go you know it felt really he finally did go into the cave um and I find that people get stuck in that stage, especially nowadays where you got the internet and all, you know, you got all these resources available to you. And it is really hard because you don't have a physical Yoda standing right next to you going, I recognize you as Yoda and you're telling me to do this thing. Like in your real life, but that's where the, you've got to figure out. A good mentor comes, isn't it? A good mentor should push you to say, That's uh, right. But I mean, most of us, you know, there was this great um, quote I'm not sure if I can find it in uh, in this um, Joseph Campbell book about how we uh, 
you know, we have like the same kind of psychic problems that we did in the past, but we have much less skilled mentors and like people to guide us through. Mm. So, um, you know, and that's like the problem of our modern, you know, sort of enlightened selves that, uh, yeah, we just don't have somebody to well, take re- us. We've rejected a lot of things that you would have had back in the past. Like, like well, some of the things that he was getting at. So, you know, you would, you know, if he, you had elders and you had the whole apprenticeship. Right. Bit, so, so, you know, you had someone. Those stages just aren't there. He the says. stages are not he, as prevalent. Yeah, he says there can be no question the psychological dangers through which earlier generations were guided by the symbols and spiritual exercises of their mythologies and religious inheritance. We today must face alone, or at best, with only tentative, impromptu, and not often very effective guidance. This is our problem as modern, quote-unquote, enlightened individuals for whom all gods and devils have been rationalized out of existence. So, yeah, that, that was really, like... Mm. But, you know... Because we went through, I mean, if we're bringing it into our sort of everyday world, I mean, we, of course, we've been through the period of individualism and this idea that the individual is... The thing, so we're separated from community, and we're separated from. Yeah. Um, re- I mean, relying is the wrong word. We don't utilize the community in the way that we maybe have once done. Um, we don't have um, that sense of okay. What if you if you're looking at it from a spiritual point of view? You know, maybe we're not so tied to a spiritual space, and then going into it to the place of you know, following it as a life path and then being in that, that space. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I yeah, suppose, yeah. like, my experiences, I do know also, like you're saying, people and, and have felt the, the, like, compelling nature of staying in that initial stage and not going into the cave, like, staying in the training and the things that make you feel like you're doing something but yeah. actually are very safe. You're very and safe. Then, I know at, how to do it. At some point, I feel yeah. going into that cave for me is like you actually like the forces that you bring in, which are represented, I guess, by like Vader with, you know, Luke and stuff, but are all the voices of these other people in your life who are telling you that you're not doing the right thing or you should be doing it this way and not that way or, or sort of telling you that you need to look outside yourself for the answer when the whole point of the belly of the whale is, the answer is in you. you've already absorbed enough information about that thing that now you just need to do it. You just need to do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a quick break um, and then we'll pick up from that space. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. Our goal for 2018 is to grow our audience, our community of contemplators like you, and we would really appreciate your help with this. Now, there's a few things that you as a listener can do that are pretty easy and simple that will really help us out a lot. So if you enjoy the podcast and want it to continue, it would be great if you could share it with a few friends who you think might enjoy listening. Um, going to iTunes and giving us a review so that it boosts us in the algorithms and it can come across other people who might enjoy it. And if you'd like to financially support the podcast, you can go to the contribution section of our website. Thanks, and back to the show. All right. Okay. So, unfortunately, I thought I was a lot further along on my journey than I am, and I realize I'm still only in the initial Yeah, you haven't gone into the belly of the whale yet. No, exactly. And I was like, you know, I feel like I've done a lot of... I'm trying to encourage you to go into the belly of the whale. I know. It's it's nice. I like the encouragement. Basically, I sort of feel like I've done so many trials already, and I've tried... You know, you really feel like you're trying hard, you know, and you're doing the thing. And then actually, it's like... So there's this quote in in the bit of the... You're still sort of in the initiation, initial beginning. So you've passed through the threshold, you've accepted the call, passed through the threshold, gone on a series of trials, but then at some point realize this is only, he says, and this is Joseph Campbell again, this is only the beginning of a long perilous journey of initiation with preliminary victories and moment, and momentary glimpses of wonderful, of a wonderful land, which is really sort of describes how I am. I, it's felt like I have like these sort of little glimpses of what it could be like and little mini successes, mm. but I'm nowhere near what I want to be doing. 
you know, or like, yeah, I can, I can really feel that. And he says, um, and you'll love this, he says, but now dragons have to be slain and surprising barriers passed again and again and again. And this is like, you're saying, you go into the belly of the whale, like you sort of, it's almost like another accepting of the call, isn't it? Mm. It's like, no, I'm going to take this further now and not get stuck. I think but you go then, into the belly of the world to realize that you do have the internal strength to, to do what you, you need to, to do. But you have to face Vader. Like, you have to slay your dragons. Yeah, you've got to face your inner demons. Because those are yeah. the things that are holding you back, is your inner demons. And at some point, no matter how many people are I've around you... I've got some inner demons you. i got to slay, man. It's not. It's like, it doesn't feel pretty at the moment. Yeah, well, nothing happens. And the goal remains elusive until you slay those, yeah. those demons. Slay the demons and off See, you go. The other thing for me is that... I feel like sometimes you really want it to be about one moment where you like have this big realization. You're like, oh, this is my problem. I haven't truly believed in myself or I've X, Y, or Z, whatever your demon is, or like Hmm. it's a fear of this or whatever. But actually what I'm finding is it's a longer process for me than that about, I feel like, I mean, and maybe it's it's only, I suppose as Tony Robbins says, it's like yeah. the whole whole that moment of change happens in an instant, but it's like prepping for the change takes the long time. And I feel like maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's that it takes a long time to figure out what it is that's your demon that you need to slay. But I think that reminds me of of the stoic aspect. The obstacle is the way. So if you want a quicker route to it, the thing that's holding you back is go towards the obstacle. But, some, but sometimes it feels like because, and I'm like, you know, to be completely honest, mm. there's a sort of, you're in this like subconscious world, aren't you? Of like your deeper fears about stuff or your deeper hesitations or your beliefs, your deeper beliefs about mm. things that you may need to correct or change. And you've spent so long covering that shit up Hmm. that it's sometimes really hard to see through your own false stories about things. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you're trying, like what it feels like to me sometimes is that I'm almost having to see through my own lies. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you you sort of, but I think there's a decision to be made. Do you want to spend time playing with those or do you just want to get on with the thing that you want to have? So, and again, those become a comfort factor because you've been dealing with it for so ever. So you know the convers- internal dialogue mm-hmm. that you have and then you get back into it. And it's one more thing that actually keeps you from going towards the, the actual thing that you want, the elixir. Right. Because you can say, oh, yeah, i got to deal with this. i got to deal with it. Actually, you don't. You could say... And, that's, and that is the meditation yeah. way. Yeah. So, which is why I sort of... I do like it and appreciate this sort of... You know, there's a, a bodhisattva. I have a, what they call tankas, which are like these um, like big, beautiful sort of picture hanging wall things that, mm. that pic- are pictures of the bodhisattvas. And um, I have one who, which is a real... He's, he's the bodhisattva of, um, of truth and, and wisdom, and he's got a, a bunch of blades in his hand. It's basically like you must slice through. Yeah. You know, and kill the misperception in order to see the truth and find the truth. And it's like there is a sort of that you don't get into the the detail of things. You just let it go and yeah. move on. Just go. Yeah. yeah. But it, but it's, it's an for me that represents another trial. It's another test. But in the belly of the whale. No, no, no. Hmm. So, so. If you think, and I know you're using the word uh, the initiation bit, and because uh, that's how he's kind of broken it in there. But that whole of once I've crossed that that um, you're in the beginning, you're in the trials. Yeah, you're yeah. in the trial. So the belly of the whale is just facing some of those inner demons that you had. The whole which period. is a trial. Yeah, it, which it, is it, a sort of final trial, I guess. Yeah. It's um no no, it's not a final trial, but it's a, it's a, it's it's where you have to go in order to find that inner strength that says actually I'm capable of slaying the dragon of slaying the dragon for going after because there's going to be more trials and more challenges this is me going I want to be further along the path than I am surely that's the last trial no 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 you know what I'm saying that's the one where you have to get the confidence to know that actually 
you know, I've had the mentor, he showed me these things. And if you think to the um, Matrix, and I know the Matrix is a trilogy, so his, um, his belly of the whale in that movie is when everyone else gets brought back to the Nebuchadnezzar and Neo is by himself and they're all on the thing saying, run, run. Mm-hmm. And he's alone now. But then, because he's had, he's been, he's seen the Oracle, Morpheus has been doing stuff, everybody's been equipping him and helping him. And then he stops and decides to turn around and face Agent Smith on that one. That's such a powerful moment. I'm like getting chills thinking about it. I mean, I know I totally love the Matrix and it might not be everybody's thing, but that moment when you turn and, and believe in yourself despite the other voices of doubt is a really absolutely yeah. and then it was at that moment then he steps into his Dude, own power isn't it I don't want to do it yeah well that's just it well, that's, <laughs> and, and this is the thing I think with the whole of the hero turn is easy to get stuck in any one phase so that's really interesting like, yeah. I don't want to face the agents absolutely so then you'll, you'll stay so you'll Aww. go on another in our lives we'll go on another course yeah. we'll seek out more mentors more teachers when at some point in time you are going to have to go into the belly of the world and yeah. say, you know what, I can do this. And then, yep. and then, now I got to go face the rest of the trials because it's not going to, it's not an easy road after that. You still got. What was, do you have a big belly of the whale moment? Um, I've probably had several, as we've said already about this being an iterative sort of process. Yeah. Um, I can, you know, just going from the whole sort of self-employment piece from going employed to self-employment. So forever in a day, I'd been talking about, oh yeah, I want to go out and do my own thing. And of course that just went around and around and I need to learn this, I need to learn that. And then at some point I what had What was to, the thing? Do you remember? Um, what was the thing? Like, do you have a, do you have a moment in your mind or like a, a period of time in your mind where you turned around and you were like, no, actually I'm going to do it. There must've been. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, uh, after it was the third time of, well, there's actually two powerful ones. The one before that was, let's deal with that one, was the decision to get out of the army, mm-hmm. which was probably the hardest thing ever in my life that I had to do because you'd, one, you'd always been raised to be a, you know, winner, and in an army, it's always if you don't do a thing, then you're a quitter, and that's like the worst thing ever. Whereas, then you think, well, in any normal job, if you want to change jobs, you just say, well, I'm moving on to do it. But from the from the army perspective, it was a quitter, and then of course you raised not to be one. So that was like I literally nearly had a mental breakdown trying to make that decision. That was a very, very. I remember, I just collapsed on the stairs because I was that tormented over having to make that decision um, but yeah then turned inward and it's like alright no I, I have the strength to do and I have this thing that I want to accomplish and do do you have anything like do you remember from that time like what was it that changed from tormented to I can do it well the best way that I could when I was on those stairs it was the same position that um, Neo was in and that subway do I run or do I turn and face Agent Smith and he made a true decision as Tony Robbins would say make a true decision as in there is no plan B or way to go and you make that true decision and the moment that I made the true decision everything got lighter no more torment no more nothing all that weight was gone when I made a true decision and was able to go in and resign the very next day and just carried on. Um, it happened the same again with going from employed to self-employed. It was, you know, the series of things happening in that space was, you know, training's always one of the first things that, you know, you want to ditch for redundancy when it gets to that place because it's a, you know, a loss in another. It doesn't bring any money, basically. Um, and, it, you know, it was like the third time around and I thought you know what actually I love doing the thing that I'm doing um, and I hate feeling that, that made me feel unvalued that every time that we have a redundancy situation that training is the first thing to go and then it was you know what I'm going to go do my own thing um, and then I have my own power in my own hands then um, and again it was the weight then making the true decision 
and then the way it's gone because mm-hmm. you're not carrying any of that baggage and stuff in your head and then you're focused on that next now I got to go fight all the other trials I got to go register I got to do this I got to so I, I was able to focus because I'm not tormented anymore by right. by those other things okay. um, that was weighing me down so yes those were my belly of the well moments um, and okay. I think that's a good one to think that true decision um, and because you can you we, say a bit more about what Tony Robbins says about that yeah so when he's talking about it sort of because we'll make lots of false little things I'll go do this I'll go make or and so you have all these different stories that you're telling yourself and at some point and from his point of view of making the true decision and I always use the, the analogy of the uh, there is no plan B mm-hmm. um, yeah you, you yeah, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it other than I can tell you that all the weight goes because you need all your energy to, but the true decision, you know. So basically what you feel when you make a true decision, I think this is the thing that you feel is all the doubts, the disbelief go away about the decision itself. Yes, you still got other things to do and other battles to run and there's lots of things that are going to be hard, the but you're is, no longer questioning. Yeah. And maybe, whether to do or not to do. Maybe, You're no longer like Hamlet, to do or not to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you make a true decision, then yeah. it's just do. Yeah. yeah. So maybe what it is is also part of understanding the hero's journey that's really helpful in life is that we can see our desire to skip over the belly of the whale and go through the trials and get straight to the true decision. But there's so often... I'm thinking of my own situation. I'm mm. thinking of a bunch of friends who are trying to make decisions and they want to make the decision, but they keep, you know, going back and forth. And you want to get clear, but you're not clear. And, and that seems to me because you haven't actually gone into the belly of the whale and like faced what it really is about for you. Because once you do that, if you really do that, then the true decision comes out of that you can't skip over well, it. Well, I think that... Is that... No, I think that what you were describing, that is the belly of the whale. Is, is finding your true decision. Because when you make the yeah. true decision and you come out of the belly of the That's whale. That's right. Exactly yeah. what so I'm saying. Yeah, so exactly. you're in it and then you're going back and so forth. You want, and so basically what, what it feels like is that we want that prize without having to go in. Yeah, you want to find the easy road. To it. You don't want to actually go on the road of trials and stuff. I just I'm just thinking, like, you know, I have, yeah. you know, I've experienced this myself, and I think it's probably a really common experience where you're like, I want to make a decision, but every day it feels like, no, this is the right decision, and then the next day it feels like, no, 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 that's not right, this is it. And you, you just sort of feel like you're stuck in this space where you go back and forth and you can't really commit, and, and you think you commit, and you go, yeah, I'm going to make this decision. And it feels like you're doing it with a force of will, but that never really works mm. because underlying it is like the essential doubt is still there. Well, Tony Robbins says a way to equate it to is just think back to a time when you decided you wanted to do something, you just did it. There was no, you didn't think, you didn't deliberate, you didn't hesitate, you didn't, can I get more advice? I didn't, you just decided that that's the thing I'm going to do and you just went yeah. and did it. Then you know you've made a true decision. If you're still asking questions... That's right. If you're still not sure, well, I've made this decision, I feel good about it. If you're even having that conversation, I feel good about the decision that I made, then you probably haven't yeah. made a true decision. Yeah. Because there's literally, when you make, and, and, and everyone can think back to a time where you made a true decision and you just, I'm going to do that thing, and you just went and you did it. You didn't think, oh, i got to go on a course to do that, or I need to go talk to this one, or I need to, you just decided and you did it. Um, and, that's the certainty when you make a true decision. So whatever goal that you're after, that you're trying to achieve, um, and you are thinking there's things holding me back, because you can see that it's there, um, you feel like you have the ability. So, so, well, actually you have to determine which one of the things that maybe you're in a demon. Is it doubt, disbelief, fear? Um, I guess so at least that you know what you're facing and then it's it's a question of looking at the goal again and saying that 
being true about the goal that you want to do you actually really want it yeah yeah because sometimes we think we want a thing but we don't necessarily want it that's right there's a there was a really interesting bit in um Stephen Pressfield's turning pro that we talked about I think at some Mm. point that was uh all the false what did he call them like false careers that are basically like they sort of mirror your true calling or the thing that you really want and this could be about anything again it could be like relationship it could be whatever um it almost looks like it, but it's not it. Yeah, because you know, you're, you're rationalizing it and kind of close to it, or yeah. this kind of approximated mm-hmm. because whatever's holding you back to say, well, actually, no, I want it to be this. And then you just keep going around in little loops and little compromises. And either, and this is, I guess, you know, it's almost like a multi layering of the um, hero's journey on that aspect. In some sense, you could look at that as a refusal of the call in the sense that I'm trying, I know that I want to do this thing, but I'm just going to approximate it, I'm going to do something that's like it, because actually I don't want to go on the hero's journey and go through the trials and tribulations to do the stuff or the things that are necessary to actually do the thing achieve I really want the to goal, do. to do the thing that I really want to do. And, and, yeah. and we'll all have lots of different rationalities. I don't have enough money, I don't have enough training, um, you know, I'm too old, I'm too young, so there's all these ways that we can rationalize yeah. why not to make this true decision and go forward and deal with whatever comes, slay yeah. whatever dragon that gets in the way um, that we don't do. So, yeah. Um, and I guess I would encourage any listener that knows that there's something out there that, that they want to do, but you have to, if you, you know, so I would almost ask a secondary question. If you're not ready to go and grab it, then is it really something that you want or is it just something you would like to do or think, oh, that would be cool to have? Or do you really want it? And then what are you prepared to do um, to get it? And I think back to, and I tell this story about um, Ulysses Grant, Ulysses Grant, or he was a general at the time in the Civil War, um, and Vicksburg. And no, none of the Union generals had been able to take Vicksburg, and it was a key to the South. Uh, and every time, you know, they have a big battle with the South, and they would, lo- you know, they would lose. But they would actually still have su- num- numerical superiority. But then they wanted to be treated and all this stuff. And then he did the whole sort of, you know, burn your bridges. Burn your bridges. He's like, boom, leave the supply chains behind, burn the bridges, and we go. So basically, at that point, it was either we're going to be victorious or we're all going to be dead on the battlefield. But having that true conviction, there was like no turning back. There's just it. This is done. Um, And there is no way. I think in terms of the adversary, too, what does that say to the adversary or the obstacle, whatever you're trying to defeat? If you're willing to burn the bridge behind you, well, this like, is that's it. quite it's, terrifying. Well, it's, it's quite do or yeah. die, isn't it? It's quite do or die. And they say, and I, I'm sure I told this story on the podcast before about you know if you're doing uh, attacking a defensive position military-wise, always leaving out because if you surround them like completely and people know there's no way out, well, I've got to fight to the death. Leave a little exit sprout, then there's doubt in the soldier's mind. Actually, well. I could escape and live the fight another day. So I'm not going to fight as hard if I know that actually I can get out of this. But if you got my back against the wall and I've got nowhere else to go, then I'm going to fight really hard because the only alternative is death. So um, when you're making this true decision, you're cutting off. Um, there is no plan B. There isn't. Yeah. If this thing doesn't work out, I can always do this. So I can always fall back on that one. Uh, my challenge to people when they do that is, you know, again, this true decision. If you if you harbor the thing that says, actually, I can do this or I can do that. If this doesn't work out, then yeah. will you push yourself to do the things that you need to do to actually achieve what you want to achieve? Because you'll know that. Yeah, yeah, well, I can do plan B. Plan B is the way wait and form your C. Yeah. Um, is there. Yeah. So, yes, if you really want it, you got to go for it. And if you, if when I said that statement, you're thinking, yeah, but, then you're not there yet still. Do you know what's so funny? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, like, reflecting because, you know, in in my, in the series that I'm writing, mm. um, 
the main character, Isla, sort of the first book, she goes, she has to leave her island and sort of go off and see what the world is like. But this, this book that I'm writing now sort of takes it up a level in terms of a bigger, there's a bigger sort of spiritual quest at stake here mm. that she wasn't aware of in the first book, but that she is like wrapped up in through her heritage. And um, at the end of the second book, she sort of realizes she's only at the beginning of the journey. And I'm just like, I feel like it's like my subconscious mind talking to me. Yeah, you're <laughs> I'm only like, at the beginning. I'm like, oh yeah, she's only at the beginning and so am I. Because I feel like there's a little part, there's definitely, it's not a little part, it's a big part of me that's going, like that's writing a sort of subconscious hero's journey of my own through this story. Mm. And uh, yeah, we're still at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll yeah. just I'll just keep going. Yeah, keep going. So yeah, just make your true decision. Maybe I just need maybe I need to like start writing the Isla goes into the belly of the whale and yeah. like maybe that'll force me to do it too. Uh, but see, your your thing is is that you you are you gonna start coaching me now? You, no, I'm just kind of pointing you to where your true decision Bring is. It. Well, your thing is so again, if we think about the subtleties of the different places that you could be. Like one of the things that's probably where you're not at, where other people are, that say, well, they want to be a writer, where they actually haven't actually written anything. So they're at that part. So they're at the real beginning, as in, I want to be a writer, and they read all the books, and they've gone on a thing, but actually haven't produced any stuff. They're not writing. And so there. Yeah, I've sort of slain that demon, but yeah. that demon was definitely there for me. Yeah. But this is what you're but saying you about, it. hold yeah. on, just yeah. to, sorry to interrupt you, but like this is the whole iterative process that mm. was a real eye opener for me that you said that last week. Because you think of your life, don't you? And your, your hero's journey is your life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you're sort yeah. of like there, but actually you're also on all of these like small hero's journeys with what you're trying to do. And actually you go through a whole quest and you bring it back. And then actually you realize there's another call. Yeah. And that's the sort of leveling yeah. up, yeah, isn't absolutely. it? So, yeah. yeah. So okay. for you, it's just now facing what's the next one? What's the yeah. next thing that's keeping you from, well, I, I guess you have to ask yourself the question, what do you actually want? What's the actual elixir? So in fact, let's bring this back to the hero's journey so that we can wrap this up, isn't it? So you have to really decide what you're on this part of the journey that you're on now. What's the actual elixir that you're going to seek? So you've, you're in a stabilized, normal place. I know how to write. I've written one book, written another, written a second book, and probably wouldn't have a problem writing a third book. And, and it was all great. But what's the... So is the journey in the elixir writing the book or is people reading the book? I don't know what it is. Whatever it is for you, you don't have yeah, to say yeah, it on yeah, here. Yeah. So you have to determine what yeah. that in state looks like. So that's the elixir that you're after, actually after. And then it's 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 going for the elixir or whatever those things you have to do because then you get the elixir, the goal, the prize, and you got to bring that back to the ordinary world. So that that completes the hero's journey is to get the prize. So I'm just trying to think like um, yeah. And so, then learn how to well how incorporate to that in, into the into ordinary world. Life, yeah. yeah. So you get it, and because that's another trial actually, and and. The return is called the return, and that Joseph Campbell's gonna speak. I've got the prize, I've got the elixir, this magic, this thing. Mm-hmm. This and now I got to bring it back. Yeah. Um. But sometimes we don't. The hero doesn't make it back. Or I've went to these magical lands, and get you get seduced by the magical yeah. land bit, but you don't, and so you don't bring it in, back. Yeah. In this book, the example that he uses is the moment when the Buddha's had his moment of enlightenment mm. and then he doubts whether he should even tell anyone about it because mm. cannot be put into words and if it you know if he tries is that going to be at all helpful to anybody because yeah. it's not the thing yeah so yeah, yeah that's so it. it's so that that's the moment where you've got the thing but now you've got to decide got to bring it back to the ordinary yeah. world and, and how you know do you, actually you what i really it? see with people in like spiritual things too mm. is there's a lot of people who go on this 10-day silent meditation Hmm. this Vipassana meditation thing and it's a real like whole thing and they they realize a lot of stuff about their mind and what you know what's possible in 10 days of silence constant meditation yeah man but then the process of taking that kind of experience and like what what my teacher would call sort of abiding there you know like you 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 can't just 
get it once. You have to learn to abide with it in normal life, and that's the that's the, that's trick. the bringing the trick it is back, bringing it back. So to the yeah, so that's world, a yeah. whole other kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you got to make it back. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, so yeah, then you get to the return, and then yeah, what's your next sort of trial, I guess? But then as what's the next quote, call? Yeah, you've alluded to is that we've got a larger hero's journey of our life, and then you've got all your Smaller. Smaller heroes' journeys. If you look at that in relationship, what are the different goals that you want to achieve that makes your overall life a satisfying life? Yeah. I think we look at it in that in that sort of way. So, what are these yep. different elixirs that you need to go out to get that then enhances the quality or brings purpose or meaning to your life as you are living it? All right. Very All right. good. That was awesome. What's my hero's journey? I'm embarking on a couple of hero's journeys at the moment. We Are were just you? talking about um, taking over the world and world domination, but yeah, so yeah, awesome. Okay, that's it for another week. Yeah, I'm feeling a burger coming on burger and coffee. So we can you're we always feeling a burger at this time of day. Coffee and burgers. <laughs> that's what this <laughs> podcast is about. That's right. Yeah. Hey everybody! Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. We have a goal for 2018 to grow our audience, our, our community of contemplators like you, and we'd really appreciate your help. In fact, there's a few things that you can do quite easily that would really help us out a lot. One is by sharing it with other friends that you think might enjoy listening to the show. Another is going to iTunes and giving us a review, which will boost the algorithm and put the show out in front of more eyes that um, can, people can come across it. And you can financially support the show by going to the contribution section of our website. Thanks a lot.